I've been in the kitchen like my whole life. Um, everyone in my family knows how to cook something and I've always been helping out. Um, so I guess I've always kind of known baking, but when I first was like really introduced to it and actually got to kind of like take action, like make my own thing, um, I was with my grandmother and I made an, a cake. It was like a box cake and it was like almond joy icing and it fell back for pantry. It was good. I mean, everyone in my family enjoyed it. This is Kids CEO, the show about kids who are swimming against the tide. From entrepreneurs to authors to philanthropists, Kids CEO is showing the world what kids can do. Hey, this is Benjamin Wong here and we're talking to Michael Platt, the 12-year-old baker who transitioned his amazing baking success into his own company, Michael's Desserts, making a difference in the world one food at a time. Funny story before we get started. This was a couple weeks ago when our family had to do some maintenance on our stove. So we used this portable camping stove basically. Uh, being a boy scout for a long time, you would think that I'm pretty good at cooking with those stoves. But one day for lunch, I wanted to make myself a chicken sandwich. So I got this chicken patty and I put it on the pan on, on the stove. I thought I did everything right, but all of a sudden the entire thing like went into flames. Um, luckily I took care of it, nothing was damaged, but it was a pretty scary experience. The reason I'm saying this is today's guest is Michael Platt and he is a kid baker. Honestly, I've never seen a kid so dedicated to such an art as baking. But to Michael, it's so much more than just, you know, mixing up some ingredients. It's a passion for him, and it's something he's dedicated his life to. Additionally, he's using that platform and that purpose to go out and help others, in particular with food insecurity. For example, every time he sells one cupcake, he donates one to a person in need, which makes their day. This is an amazing story and you won't want to miss out. So let's hop right into it. I would probably describe it as fun. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of times I was hanging out with like my grandmother like especially summertime, my cousins would come over. We'd hang out at her at my grandmother's house. So yeah, it was probably it was, it was probably fun. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. You know, childhood is all about having fun. Would yeah. you say you were raised differently than the most, like the average kid? Um, probably not. I mean, my parents, both of them worked. They worked. Um, my mom would think was a at around that time because she worked in um child protective services, and my dad, he worked at a middle school. So. Yeah, I guess I didn't, I saw my grandmother most of the time. She lived really close to my school. So she's like, pick me up from school. I hang out with her sometimes. Like most times we spend the night at her house and then we go to school from there. Cause it was like a, like a one minute drive. Yeah. And you know, your grandmother was one of the big parts that you got into baking, but we'll touch on that in a second. Yes. So 
in school, were you like the popular kid? Or are you like the one with a million extracurriculars? I was probably, I don't know. I like, I guess my friends were popular, but like myself wasn't, I myself wasn't popular. I kind of like tried to fit into every like clique, even though like there were people who play basketball. Sometimes I go over there and play basketball with them. I hang out and talk to some other friends and just kind of like, I didn't really have like a lot of friends, but I didn't have anyone that I didn't like necessarily like. Like everyone, I was cool with everyone. Like everyone knew you, but like you weren't like the popular, popular kid? Yes. Yeah, okay. that, that makes sense. So um, I'm homeschooled now. At this point, I, I want to go back to school just because I miss my friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm homeschooled. It's kind of like the same thing that it was last year and the year before that. Yeah, you know, when you said homeschool, I kind of got a little smile. Because, um, <laughs> you know, when I, when I do this, when I do this interview, I talk to a lot of kids like you. And I always want to see if they're homeschooled or not. Because a lot of times, like the majority of people I've talked to are homeschooled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, because so, a lot of times... Um, you don't really have that much time to do like public school or homeschool. You have a bit more freedom. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, when did baking come into your life? I've been in the kitchen like my whole life. Um, everyone in my family knows how to cook something, and I've always been helping out. Um, so I guess I've always kind of known baking, but when I first was like really introduced to it and actually got to kind of like take action, like make my own thing um i was with my grandmother and i made an a cake it was like a box cake and it was like almond joy icing and it fell like the back of her pantry and how so were you old there, how old were you in this i was around i was probably like eight or nine so out of all the different hobbies, passions, like basketball, why baking? Um, I guess that's just something that I've always known. Like, yeah, it's been something that I've always known, especially like most, most of what I did before I started like baking for real was cooking. Um, and I kind of lean more to baking, um, just because I love science and I love science, especially when I was in school, just because it was like, I don't know why I specifically love science, but I love baking because baking is definitely a science like you need to have everything very exact even sometimes the humidity and the air can change how your how your desserts going to turn out so that's probably why i like it a lot so at this point were you dead set on doing baking as a job when you became an adult or were there other things you were interested in um i guess i had other interests but over time of me baking more and more um that kind of took over so at the you know start of it when you were doing the box cake, um, and when baking yeah. kind of become number one, you were dead set on you know being a baker when you grew up, right? No, I probably yeah I think I had a bunch of other different choices, but like up to this point and building up to this point, baking kind of started to become my number one thing. What did your parents think about that decision? Um, I think they are proud of me. Um, they definitely are proud of me now and where I am with my business and everything. So uh, this is when you're, you know, early, early childhood. 
and you kind of set your mind on being a baker. And here you have this huge passion for baking. You decide to open up Michael's desserts. So where did that、yeah. first idea come from? So I guess I knew that I really liked baking from like start, but over time I knew that I wanted to like give other people my food.、Um, and then I kind of started to scale it out a bit more. I knew I wanted to help people. So I decided to do one for one because my parents, the year before I, the Christmas before I started my business, they got me a pair of Tom's shoes, and Tom's shoes business model was one for one. So every shoe that someone buys, they would give one away. So I decided to help my business, and every dessert that someone buys, they give one away. So all of that kind of like fused together, and now I have my business. Yeah, and I love that one for one model. It's, it's amazing, and you're able、yeah. to contribute so much. Uh, and I've seen the videos of you giving it to people that are underdeserved, but we'll touch on that yes, in a second.、Um, yeah. Was there someone who was like, Michael, these cupcakes are amazing. Why don't you go open up a shop? Um, I don't think so. I kind of just, I feel like if you're good at something, then you should probably figure out a way to make money off of it.、Uh, that's kind of like something that I've always. I guess I'm very much an entrepreneurial person. In general, is because I feel like if you're good at something, then you should probably share it with more people.、Um, right? Like at that point, I was doing it with my family. I was doing it for people like in my four walls, but I definitely wanted to grow it out and to help more people.、Um, so that's probably how I started thinking. Like I should probably start a business off of. Where do you think you got that entrepreneurial spirit? I guess it's just like how I was raised. My mom and my dad—they all had kind of like, I guess they never really wanted me to be an, an employee. They always kind of wanted me to have a business and be my own boss. Does entrepreneurship run anywhere in your family? Not really. Like I don't really think there's anyone in our family that has the that has like a really, really, really successful business. My brother and my mom and my dad all have businesses, and they're kind of still growing and scaling them, and so am I. But no one really else in my family has a business. Also, your parents are entrepreneurs. You would say. Yes. What do your parents' business、yes. do? So my mom, she works a lot in like.、Um, so my mom was a home economics teacher, and she went to school for cosmetics. So she does a lot in like makeup and just like house cleaning supplies and things like that. And my dad is very much into like art and different things like that, like food. In art, and it's kind of like everything in art, everything from like music to pop culture,、mm-hmm. art, and everything like that. So your mom does the like cosmetics, making things look nice. Your dad does the food, and I've seen some of the treats that you make, and not only do they taste good, they look very good too. Do you think like your、yeah. talent was kind of like a combination of your parents, you know, making a food that also looks really good? Yeah, definitely. I feel like. I, over time, I kind of learned that people eat with their eyes. Like they're not、Absolutely. really gonna try something if it doesn't look that good. So to have something to look good, to have something to have all the different flavors that you wanted to have, that's kind of where perfection lies. And there, are, there are always different things that you can miss out on, that you can skip over.、Um, but if you really want to have something done in a way that you're proud of, I feel like for me that starts with. Having it look really nice. So when you're making these cupcakes, cakes, whatever,、um, 
do you focus more on the how it tastes or how it looks? Um, I probably focus on both. I kind of always like I have a game plan, especially specifically like when I'm thinking about. I want people to know what they're getting when they look at it. So if something is going to be like chocolate flavored, I want it to look like it's going to taste chocolatey. So um, when I'm thinking about something, I normally start with the flavor and then I will do almost everything in my power to make it look like it's going to taste how it looks. All right, so I want to get back to the uh, micro desserts, but I do want to ask one more thing. So the process of when you think of a treat until you make it into a reality, can you walk me through that? I guess I'll think of something that I've tasted before um, and then convert that into a cupcake. And I also think of different flavor combinations. Like I think one of my favorite desserts that I've ever made that I think that in my opinion is a perfect dessert is it's chocolate, coconut, coffee, and caramel. And all of those together, um, definitely just like tasting those things separately and kind of bringing them together into one thing was something that I'm very proud of. So I definitely start with that. Yeah. <laughs> that must have tasted really, really good. So you start with the flavor yes, and then, oh, you start with thinking of a previous dessert and then you think about the flavor. Um, that's just, that's smart. So if we go back yeah. to Michael's desserts, um, what was the original mission statement for the business? Like what were you trying to accomplish? So I wanted to, I guess me in general would be like teaching people how to make a difference in their community while also making a difference in mine, but also having a authority, I guess, when it comes to actually being in the kitchen, actually cooking. And of course I had to grow that over time, but I wanted to know, like I wanted to kind of like impress myself with how I can make food and then also help people at the same time. Did you have, you know, other, I guess, similar ideas for a dessert company or was it, you know, the one Michael's desserts? So I definitely want to like scale into different things, like whether it's like ice cream or candy, different things like that. But in the beginning, especially, I kind of centered mostly on what I do at Michael's desserts now, um, which is cupcakes and cake. Why cupcakes and cakes? Um, I guess that's probably something that I've baked the most and made the most. Um, second to that would probably be ice cream. But cakes and cupcakes are something that I think I can have a lot of freedom with. And it's also the thing that I have the most experience in. Do you remember the very yeah. first event you attended when you sold the Michael Desserts? Yes. So it was at, I think it was 2017 or 2016. And I was baking at my local high school and they were doing like a, um, like a community day. And basically, I sold cupcakes there. It wasn't, it wasn't cupcakes. It was like a Rice Krispie treat that was shaped like a cupcake. <laughs> and we sold those and also sold like cookies and um, chocolate-covered pretzels. And they, the chocolate-covered pretzels melted. And I had this little cart that I drove around like in the parking lot selling cupcakes and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I was that was the first event that I had. Was that event very, like, did you, like, did you sell a lot of cupcakes? Um, yeah, we, we sold out of that event. I don't remember exactly how much I made. It was probably around like 50 or 60 things. Oh, 50 separate desserts in your very first event. Did you learn any big lessons from that first event? Probably to 
Well, I guess I've also learned this just in general. And my dad definitely taught me this, but don't like say no, like don't take no for an answer, if that makes sense. But not like in an aggressive way, but just try to solve people's problems. Like if they say, you know, I'm on a diet, then kind of like, so then, oh, we have a vegan option. So you can have that. If they say, oh, no, I don't really like that. We say, oh, no, we have this over here and we have that and they can have that. So basically every kind of like excuse that they have to not like take the product kind of like show them why they should take that's smart that's really smart you know like there's no reason why they shouldn't would you say the prices that you offered were they like a pretty low price or were they more like a um, luxury dessert type price um i feel like it was definitely a reasonable price it was probably like especially for the portion that they were getting um i think it was like three dollars for one thing but it was like a pretty hefty like dessert um and but i also had to like in the beginning like my first event i knew i was still doing one for one and people knew that when i told them so i had to pay for my cupcake and i also had to pay for a second one in that price so if my cupcake cost me like a dollar to make then i will charge a dollar to make another one charge a dollar to have profit for myself and then charge a dollar to make another one to give away that's like four dollars for that one thing that I made. So definitely something that scaled my business a lot was um, I think last year I had a Washington Post article come out, and then from there I had a bunch of different um, like opportunities that came from that, and it was also a really really good article. Um, so that was definitely something that scaled my business a lot. Was the article about, you know, like a 12 year old or 13 or 14 year old teen sells desserts? What was the article about? It was about, um, Michael's desserts and like kids sells desserts and has one and then gives one away. Like change the world one dessert at a time, like a headline like that. So, okay. So your first one was the Washington Post article. Did you see like a huge influx in sales? Yes, definitely. Like from there, we ended up having money so we could buy like bigger bowls. We could get like a little cart for the kitchen and we could definitely scale the business a lot. We had a lot more sales. Like it seems that once, once something comes out, um, it's definitely, it turns to mayhem pretty quickly because people want to buy the cupcakes there. Like from there, I think I was busy like every day like a good three weeks just baking and baking and baking and baking. Were you homeschooled then or were you still in public school? I was homeschooled. That was last year. So I started homeschool when I was in sixth grade. Were they, you know, was everyone in from your hometown or were there people calling in for desserts from all over the world? From that, we definitely had people from like all over the world trying to get cupcakes. But at that point, we, we didn't know how to, um, we didn't have like shipping down. It was really, really hard to figure it out. We figured it out now, but then it was hard to figure out. We ended up just only taking um, local orders and people would come pick them up or we drop them off, but we just go in different places, meeting up with people. But that was like, at that point, we didn't figure, we didn't know what shipping, we didn't know how to ship cupcakes. So we just did local orders, but we had people, a lot of people, who were trying to pick up. I think we had a person in like Australia who wanted cupcakes and there was a person in California and we just couldn't ship at all. So if you lived in DC, Maryland or Virginia, you get a cupcake. Anyone else? No, sorry. Uh, yeah, I remember I was looking at some of our kid CEO 
analytics and we actually have a listener in iran uh shout out to whoever is listening from iran yeah. but my question <laughs> is what's the craziest place someone has requested a cupcake probably australia that was that's definitely like the first place like that's on the other side of the world or yeah did <laughs> well, that person eventually um, get the cupcake no i haven't heard from them in actually a while but yeah no <laughs> i don't think we figured out how to ship last year i was also allowed to do a or invited to do a ted talk last year and that was in jacksonville and that was super super fun I got to go there and i got to meet a bunch of people who were doing some awesome things and i got to give a speech that's on youtube so i i watch it sometimes it was an amazing an amazing speech i was like <clears throat> preparing for for like weeks in advance like getting my speech together working with people i had like coach and everything so that was really like a fun thing yeah, yeah. i saw it on website the tedx in jacksonville um i, I never watched it yet but yes. that must have been exciting for you what did you talk about so i basically talked about um like the power of kids and just basically like how they can change the world, how we can change the world, and then how adults should support their kids in their um, advances to change the world. Taking a quick break, but when we come back, we are continuing the story of Michael Platt, including some exciting news, which could be a game changer for Michael's desserts. Hey, it's Ben here. If you like what we're doing here on the Kid CEO Podcast, if you get entertained or inspired by some of these amazing stories, or if you think of me as a friend, which I hope you do, because even though there are so many of you listening right now, I am talking to you personally. Me, Talia, and the rest of the Kid CEO team are here for you every week with a new episode, but we need you to be there for us too. If you use Apple Podcasts, just scroll down and give us a star rating. In fact, if you write us a review, I will shout you out in next week's episode. Additionally, if you don't have an Apple phone, no worries. All you have to do is share something to social media and tag at Podcast, and I'll like it and reshare it. Or if anything, just tell some of your friends about it. Thanks so much in advance. Hey guys, Ben here. This is such an exciting episode that we're not going to use up any more time and hop right back into it. If I gave you a kitchen right now and you could bake anything you wanted, what would you bake? Oh, there's just one cake that I've been plotting on making. I just haven't been able to get the opportunity to. Um, and it's basically, it's like a cake and it's, I'm thinking like a spice cake. And then there's these certain cakes that have like flowers on them and like different mm -hmm. like and stuff but it'll be like fall colors and then i get like candy melts like grayish candy melts and then i do this like wind like a spiral thing it'll look like it's picking up fall like picking up leaves and the wind is so i've been plotting on that for like a year now so i haven't been able to get all the stuff to get it yet um but I this is all in a cake wow that's amazing um you know a lot of times yes. we talked about earlier today the smooth scaling of the business, but I'm sure there's been like an obstacle. Have you ever hit a roadblock with your company? 
Yeah, so definitely, um, like shipping was definitely probably like my first thing that I did. Um, shipping was a very, very, very hard challenge to get over. And then also there are some people who just, they're like discouraging. So just getting over that and kind of like seeing my goal and how to reach it. And also, yeah, I mean, shipping. it's kind of hard to ship a cupcake. Um, because one, it's like chocolate in my belt, yeah. so you just insulate it. And then, how do you like yes. strap in a cupcake? Because what if it like smears all over the box? How did you eventually figure out yeah. um, a method to do it? So we ended up um, freezing them. So we basically will make them like a day in it, like a day ahead. We'll ice them and we put them into these tiny like boxes, like little cups. And then we'll be like one in the cup, and then we'll freeze that, and then we'll be like rock solid. We'll put it in the bottom into this very like tightly packaged um box with insulation in it and it's like like there's no wiggle room for it to move it can't jump up can't do anything so that stops it from like bouncing around and then you know like smear all of the inside of the cup and then we'll tape it up really nicely put a little package on it and tip it up so i guess there are like a lot of times people would tell me like the business model isn't sustainable or you should be focusing on like a different problem that kind of taught me that I could I should continue to do what I'm doing um just because I've seen the changes that I'm making I've seen the people that I'm helping and the people that I'm impacting and I feel like I should continue to do that even though people are saying that I who should. was saying this kind of stuff was it you know adults was it other kids um mostly adults just because I don't think they're used to having kids. Yeah, definitely. It's not natural for kids to be, you know, having their own business. So, let's see. What would you say is the most complex or difficult thing you've had to bake so far? Um, one thing that I have gotten down, like, in, like, a 16th of the time that I actually made it, I probably had, I probably gotten, like, perfect, like, once, but... Um, that's macarons because macarons are very, very, very hard to make. You actually can't even like measure with like a measuring cup. You have to weigh every ingredient. And if it's like, it's an ounce over, then it's going to mess up the entire thing. You also have to fold in like meringue. And it's actually the actual ingredients are very simple, very easy to do. But that's what I was talking about when I said like the humidity in the air can change how your macarons are going to react. Like it is very, very hard to get it down like every time. Each time it can be different. You can do it perfectly for like 30 times. And one time that you do it, it messes up and you have no Macarons, you know, you wouldn't think. So food justice is basically making sure that everyone has access to healthy food, to like healthy and affordable food. And just like people could have McDonald's near them, but they don't have like a Whole Foods. And even if they had a Whole Foods, they couldn't afford to buy the food from the Whole Foods. So I guess food access specifically in my, like what I'm doing to help it out is making sure that people have access to food in the space. Specifically kids have access to food because I feel like, like I guess the poverty cycle starts with kids and ends with kids. Um, so I feel like getting kids food is something that we can do to- um, Why was to food insecurity that. such a big issue to you? Um, I basically, I feel like, like, in my opinion, I love feeding people, I love giving people food, like no matter what. And even if they can't afford it, I still want them to have something to eat. So 
that kind of definitely taught me to more yeah, focus I mean, a lot on food. How is it possible that we're in 2020, but yet there's still millions of people who like don't have anything to eat? Like it's crazy. Yes. Um, as yeah. like a singular person and as a society, what are some small tasks that we can do? Um, like one by one fight this issue of food insecurity so i feel like just talking about it can definitely make a huge impact and make sure that everyone knows how large of a problem that it is and um so i guess i have like a rubric which is educate inspire donate educate is telling people about it inspire is telling them like about it and making sure they're inspired to do something about it and then three is donate it's either take action yourself or get someone else to take action. Whether that's actually taking them to take action or doing action yourself and like going, donating and actually working to solve the problem. Or you can just tell people about how they can solve Educate, the problem. Educate, inspire, donate. Okay. So, um, do you get like annoyed when yes. you see someone wasting food or? I don't really, I, I kind of like feel like you're looking at me weird when I waste food just because I don't know, I try to, I try to eat all the food that I can, especially when cooking. A lot of people throw food away, and I try my very, very, very hardest to use almost everything that I get. Like, even uh, I went to a farm this summer, and we were picking onions, and they had onion stems. <laughs> and I got them onion stems, and I cooked with them in my, um, in my hotel room. And like, I try my very hardest to see, yes, the actual the stems of the onion. It's like the actual odor is very pungent, but it doesn't have like a very <laughs> light. No, it's kind of like the Native Americans, you know, they always made use of everything they brought in but M michael baking is yes. a pretty rare hobby these days especially in kids what motivates you to keep going back to the kitchen i guess i just love to bake um one of my favorite things in baking is seeing something go from just like the raw ingredients to a finished product and i feel like everyone should know how to cook i don't really know that's something that is a really cool hobby to pick up knowing how to cook, knowing how to make delicious food. Um, I also love food in general. Um, I said it earlier today. And it's basically, I feel like there are three things that every person has in them that is unique. Um, and it is food, music, and games. And I feel like every different culture has a different way of doing each three of those different things. Um, and I feel like knowing how to cook is a very cool way to express like you whether that's how you grew up whether that's your culture whether that's your family i feel like just cooking and giving someone something to eat is a very creative way of telling that person definitely who you are so you have your heart 100 percent set on being a baker one day right do you think like yes. a celebrity baker like a having your own bakery um i definitely want to have my own like restaurant or cafe I don't really know. I, want, I definitely want to be a chef, not just like specifically baking. Um, I feel like baking is a skill that I'm doing right now, but also cooking in general would definitely be something that I love to do. Having a restaurant would definitely be something that I want to do. Uh, in 30 years, where do you yeah. think you'll be? Um, I definitely love to go to culinary school. And I definitely, before that, I love to have at least one cafe open just because I feel like I'm kind of in that area right now where I can open a cafe and it'll be successful. So I definitely have, want to have at least one Michael Zerts building. Do you think you're going to have multiple different Michael Zerts cafes? 
Um, I definitely want to have, I don't really want to be like a franchise, but I'd like to have at least like two and then start something else and then have a good amount of those and start something else and kind of just grow my knowledge with food. Like, different, different like two or more signature cafes, like the Michael Platt experience. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, amazing. 30 years. I yeah. can't wait. Uh, for all the aspiring young bakers out there, what's Thank the you. single greatest piece of advice that has propelled you to where you are today? I guess it's something that I've thought about now. Like I said a lot in this interview, is just um, it's actually this meme that I like I've laughed at, and I, it's it's funny, but um, it says um, winners focus on um, winning and losers focus on winners. And then you have this picture of like Usain Bolt looking at all the people behind him that he's beating in the race. Um, but like besides the Usain Bolt part, um, just knowing and feeling proud of what you're doing um, is something that can propel you. Uh, I feel like just knowing that you can, like feeling proud of what you're making and also wanting to grow your skills, just not trying to be better than someone else or not trying to be the next whoever, but trying to be you and trying to hone your skills and be great at your craft is something that definitely like very you know important. when you're running the race look in front of you don't look at the people behind yeah. you that's great advice michael thank you so much for coming on the show today food is something we all take for granted some people even play with their food or waste it and throw it away. But there are so many others around the world that are desperate for this food to just survive. Michael today demonstrated to us that there is so much more to food than just something you put in your mouth. Millions die every year just because they don't have enough food to stay afloat. Michael's program, Giving Back to the Homeless and Other Who Have Less Food Security, is a perfect example of how we can all make a difference to help this growing issue. But to make a difference in food insecurity, you don't have to go as wide of a scale as Michael. For example, if there's 10 meatballs on the table, and you know you can only eat 7, get 7 meatballs. Because those three meatballs might be able to go feed someone else. So next time you go to have dinner, lunch, breakfast, remember today's story with Michael Platt. If a 12-year-old can make this big of a difference, why can't you? You can check out more about Michael Platt on his Instagram at Michael's Desserts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Special thanks to Talia Rahman, our audio engineer for the Kid CEO podcast, Bella Yoon, our social media director, and Ada Kasi, our outreach director. And thank you to you all for listening. If you want to show your support, just give us a review on Apple Podcasts and even consider subscribing. And make sure you're up to date with all Kid CEO on our Instagram page at Kid CEO Podcast. This is Benjamin Wong signing off. Thank you.